How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensen. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's going about as good as it can be, but uh, I think we got something very interesting to talk about today. Yes, because this episode is Season 2, Episode 20 in chronological order, Episode 48, We have no cover athlete for this week because it is our trade deadline episode. Hell yeah. And this is going to be a rough one for Sens fans. Yeah, but you know what? I think we're going to have more positive to talk about than negative when we get to that, but we'll save that until then. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's honestly kind of surprising going into the week, though. Absolutely. So before we go any further, uh, let's talk about next week's episode. Next week's episode is Season 2, Episode 21, in chronological order, Episode 49. So we've got a poll up on our Twitter for the cover athlete, and we've got four people on the board. We've got Michael Picard, Danny Boys, Francis Lazard, and Chris DiDomenico. Those are all players that I have heard of, and Chris DiDomenico. <laughs> That's true. I think you can already guess who is probably going to win that. Knowing our viewers, it's going to be Lassard. How did you know? I don't know. Just some old-fashioned cynicism. Yep, pretty much. So, Tim, I gotta ask. How has your week been? I was in Ottawa last week. Yeah? How did that go? It was really good. Uh, we had... Uh... A visiting scholar from MIT, and we got him to go over some of our work and talk to us about how he looks at econometrics. Okay. And it was fantastic. Nice. How many days were you in Ottawa for? Uh, I was there for four days. Okay. Now, I got to ask the all-important question, Tim. Did you go to Burgers and Fries Forever? Of course. Which location? Excuse me, I was closer to the market this time, so because I was staying at the Andaz, so went to the market location. Nice, and how was it? As always, delicious. We got the onion rings with with samurai mayo. Fantastic. What's in the samurai mayo? I think it's a, I think it's a garlic aioli spiced with wasabi. Ooh, wow, that would be kind of nice. Even though I don't really like wasabi, that actually would be... Yeah, actually, that would be kind of good. I'm not going to lie to you, Tim. <laughs> so, not much to report on my end for the previous week. Uh, it's been a pretty, pretty busy week. Had to do some stuff over the field house. We had a couple of basketball tournaments. Uh, we're just gearing up here for spring break. And the all-important culinaire. That's going to be a fun time. It's going to be busy on you. Oh, no. Culinaire is one of the best times of the year because that's when our department go, goes down to Victoria and we get to go to a food and alcohol show and we get to make a day of it. Oh, that actually sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our boss 
the first year that he started working at Brentwood, he got us all a bunch of tickets for that. Oh, he sounds like a really cool guy, too. Oh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, and so every year, except for last year, we've gone. We've gone to Culinary in Victoria every year, and I always have some really good stories to tell afterwards. <laughs> good food and good times. Absolutely, absolutely. So now that we've got that out of the way, Tim, let's talk about last week's episode, because... For me, it, it was what it was, but I, I think the only problem that I had with the episode is that I kind of flubbed the opening. Yeah, I noticed that. But I recovered, and that's all that matters, Tim. Exactly. Overall, I think it was pretty good. Pretty good. Hopefully, yeah. we'll have a good we'll have a good show today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tim, I guess we got that all out of the way. Now let's move on to what the people want. The trades. And we're going to do this, Tim, because you might be very happy to know I actually found the Trade Center. Do, 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 do. I actually found that. Oh, nice. And we're going to play it right here. Hit it. Solid. Solid. Love it. Yes, let's see what we got. Okay, so now... This is going to be at the trade deadline episode, but there were some pre-trade deadline trades, and we're going to quickly talk about them here tonight. And we're going to start off with the New York Rangers have traded Peter Holland to the Chicago Blackhawks for Darren Radish. Holland recorded 20 goals, 29 assists for 49 points in 52 games with the AHL's Hartford Wolfpack, while Radish recorded 8 goals, 18 assists for 26 points in 54 games for the AHL's Rockford Icehogs. What's interesting about this trade is it's Chicago. Chicago's always wanted more of Radish, but they've never been able to get it. So they've decided that they're giving up on him, and they'll just take a veteran for their AHL guys. Mm-hmm. And a really good one, too, for the minor league club. Mm, for sure. So I think it's a pretty good trade for Chicago, and New York gets to roll the die. Yeah, and hopefully, and hopefully Radish can actually turn his game around in New York and be actually, be, and actually become a solid pro. Yeah, here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild have traded Charlie Coyle to the Boston Bruins for Ryan Donato and a conditional 2019 fifth-round pick. Coyle recorded 10 goals, 18 assists for 28 points in 60 games for Minnesota, while Donato recorded 6 goals, 3 assists for 9 points in 34 games for the Boston Bruins. Donato is one of those interesting players because he he has big pedigree and his fancy stats look good, but he's never just never really been able to convert. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie Coyle, what you see is what you get. Yeah, pretty much. Now I do follow somebody on Twitter who is a Minnesota Wild fan, and he so far has been raving about Ryan Donato in Minnesota. Well, he had a solid few games so far. Yeah, and this is really good because. You know, Ryan Donato, he's he's not a bad player, and he's going to a team that could, I feel, maybe he could really help them out, and he's cheap enough so he can fit underneath the cap. Coyle, good winger, or is he a centerman? Uh, I think he's a winger. Okay, I think he's, yeah, that's right, yeah, okay, he's a left winger. Yeah, I think he's going to do good in Boston. You know, Boston has always had some pretty solid wingers, and hopefully Charlie Coyle cannot be the Rick Nash of last season for them. Well, the big thing for Beantown 
Charlie Coyle is that he is really good at keeping the net clean. Like, he is a defensive specialist who can chip in a bit at even strength. And at 26, what you see is what you're going to get. And that's solid defensive play. And he's fantastic in, in front of his own net. Yeah, and that's what you need come playoff time. Yeah, so this is good. I like this. I like the Jamie Coyle pickup for Boston. Mm-hmm. And Donato, I think it's a worthwhile roll of the dice for a team that's probably missing the playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? If this could help them get maybe close to the playoffs, then maybe this could be considered a success for them. Yeah, no kidding. The LA Kings have traded Carl Hagelin to the Washington Capitals for a 2019 third-round pick and a conditional sixth-round pick in 2020. Hagelin recorded one goal, four assists for five points in 22 games for Los Angeles after being traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Funny enough, I do recall that here on top of the hour, we talked about Carl Hagelin going to the LA Kings. So it's a shame that Hagelin never worked out in LA because we were just like, oh, you know, maybe he could work out and... Hopefully, here's hoping, and I guess after 22 games, it just never never happened for him. Well, you have to remember that L.A.'s also blowing this fucker up. And Carl Hagelin is one of the guys you send out if you're blowing the fucker up. Yeah, because he's got a cheap enough contract where you can move it, right? It's not like an Ilya Kovachuk or a Jonathan Quick where you have somebody who has that big-time cap hit attached to him. And there's just so few teams that can actually afford that. Yeah, but frankly, at the same time, he just hasn't been playing that well. No, and we even saw that in Pittsburgh, too, because, you know, after the HP, HBK line broke up in Pittsburgh, he really never, no, he never really did anything for Pittsburgh after that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like LA is actually any good this year, either. No. Although, in fairness, Urinating Tree did do a really good video on the LA Kings. You mean how they're built for 2012 and not 2019? Yep. Man, you know what? I could literally do a whole podcast just talking about Urinating Tree. I think that guy's awesome. Well, he does good content, that's for sure. Absolutely, he does. Honestly, if you would just made a roster on NHL 12, would it look like that? Mm, yeah, probably. I, I think for NHL 12, you do. NHL 19, you would just look at it and be like, what the hell did we do? Yeah, pretty much. San Jose Sharks have traded Vincent Preplan to the Florida Panthers for future considerations. Preplan recorded four goals, 12 assists for 16 points in 27 games with the AHL's San Jose Barracuda. This is just opening a roster slot for San Jose. The fact that they took absolutely nothing back, lol. Yeah. Yeah, which we'll talk about here in a couple of trades, Tim. Mm-hmm. Washington Capitals have traded Madison Bowie in a 2020 second-round pick to the Detroit Red Wings for Nick Jensen and a 2019 fifth-round pick. Bowie recorded one goal, five assists, or six points in 33 games for Washington, while Jensen recorded two goals, 13 assists, for 15 points in 60 games for the Detroit Red Wings. I don't really know much about these players. I don't know. Apparently, Detroit is very high on Bowie, and they gave him an extension as soon as he got there. Interesting. Well, Nick Jensen also doesn't seem to be all that much, especially at age 28. Like, he's okay in the 
in his own end. Yeah, and I guess yeah. that, you know, if that's all he's really required to do, right? If he can be maybe a third-pairing defenseman, uh, maybe even a seventh defenseman if needed, then he would fit a role. I don't see him as a top-two or a top-four defenseman. But, no. you know, yet, I think in a third-pairing role, I think he could be somewhat effective. Yeah, it's very fair. Yep. New Jersey Devils have traded Ben Lovejoy to the Dallas Stars for Connor Carrick and a 2019 third-round pick. Lovejoy recorded two goals, five assists for seven points in 51 games for New Jersey, while Carrick recorded one goal, three assists for four points in 14 games for the Dallas Stars. I've never really been a big Ben Lovejoy fan. What about Reverend Lovejoy? Questionable. Although he's had a pretty decent season this year, all things considered, even though he's been on that awful New Jersey team. Mm -hmm. But also, dude's 34, and he's he's passable. I'm not sure that's who I'd pick up for my playoff run. But I guess Dallas has to do something. Yeah, I do like the fact that Connor Carrick is going to New Jersey. And Carrick, when we saw him in Toronto, he seemed like a player that was... You know, a decent role player was never going to be a superstar, and I think that with New Jersey having some spots opening up on the roster, I think maybe he could definitely fit on that team. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't really fit in Dallas, that's for sure. No, he did not. That is yeah, true, like it, He didn't produce, and he didn't really do much, at, and he didn't do all that much defending. Nope. New York Rangers have traded Matt Zuccarello to the Dallas Stars for a conditional second-round pick in 2019 and a conditional third-round pick in 2020. Zuccarello recorded 11 goals, 26 assists for 37 points in 46 games for the Rangers. And you know what he did for the Dallas Stars? He scored a goal, got an assist, and broke his arm. Damn. It's funny because I actually thought that Dallas got a steal on Zuccarello. Yep. Because that guy produces, and he's good on the ice. Yeah, but the funny thing is, Tim, is that, and for myself, Dallas is one of those teams where I'm not sure where I stand with them because on paper, they should be a good team. When you have players like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, and a few other guys, most notably Miko... Uh, Heskinen, is that? I think that's the name. Uh, Miko Heskinen oh, on defense. Yeah. They should be a good team, but the fact is that you just see them and they're like, eh. Well, to be fair, Jason Spezza is in the twilight of career of his career, and it really shows. And they don't really have much scoring other than their top line. So bringing in Zuccarello and some other th- got some other players would have would have been the right thing to do to really solidify Dallas and help them push in what turned out to be a fairly soft central division. But then dude goes and breaks his arm. Yeah, and, and that's a shame because, you know, like you're saying, right, he's a guy who can produce. And the only thing that's more heartbreaking to see Zuccarello break his arm was Hendrik Lunkos's reaction when the reporter yeah. asked him about what he felt about Zuccarello being traded. It was sad, man. Oh, it was sad. I really felt for... Lundquist on that one. I was just like, oh. If I could just well, give him a hug, it would be fine. Well, even looking what Zibanejad wrote about Zuccarello as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a guy who's going to be missed. 
For sure, man. And the fact that he was one of those guys for the Rangers that not a high draft pick. He's a guy who uh, worked his tail off to get into the NHL, and once he got there, he produced. And hopefully he can rejuvenate the Dallas Stars once he gets back from his broken arm. Yeah, no kidding. The Chicago Blackhawks have traded Matthias Icapella to the LA Kings for Spencer Watson. Icapella recorded two goals to assist for four points in 27 games for the AHL's Rockford Ice Hogs, while Watson recorded 22 goals, 25 assists for 47 points in 47 games for the ECHL's Manchester Monarchs. I heard you liked rearranging deck chairs. I do like rearranging deck chairs, Tim. Because that's what this trade is. Yep. Nothing really to talk about, Tim. That's probably the best way we can describe this trade. Yeah. On to the next one. National Predators have traded Nicholas Bepstee to the Toronto Maple Leafs for future considerations. Bepstee recorded 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points in 54 games for the AHL's Milwaukee Admirals. I'm actually a little surprised this one went, didn't even get a 7th. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he seems like he produced enough to be worth something. And not nothing. <laughs> True, but you know what? And now, granted, when you when we get to the trade deadline trades that we're going to talk about, I could kind of see why they did this. They're trying to open up a roster spot, even though yeah. he was in the minor leagues. Yeah, for sure. Anaheim Ducks have traded Brandon Montour to the Buffalo Sabres for Brendan Gooley and a 2019 first-round pick. Montour rec- recorded five goals, 20 assists for 25 points in 62 games for Anaheim. This is an interesting trade for Buffalo because Brandon Montour is one of those guys, like, some of the fancy sets don't look good for him, but other ones do. It's hard to say, really, how much is is Montour and how much is him being deep-sixed by playing on a Randy Carlisle team. I'm not sure about the price they paid for him, but I get the reasoning. Yeah. A uh, quick question, though, and the one thing that I didn't see online was which one of Buffalo's 2019 first-round picks is going to Anaheim? Uh, let me just quickly check that up. Let's see. Mont- <laughs> Gooley first-round pick. <laughs> Buffalo trading Evander Kane. Conditionally acquired first-round pick. Buffalo acquired in trading Evander Kane. Okay, so, so that would be San Jose. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering that myself because when I was putting this together, I was like, because I know they've got three of them, right? They've got St. Louis that they got for Ryan O'Reilly. They've got the Evander Kane one for San Jose, and they've got their own. So I wasn't too sure which first-round pick that they had sent to Anaheim. Well, it is condi- there is a condition that allows that allows uh, Anaheim to elect St. Louis's. Okay. So it's probably which has, whichever is better next year. Yeah, fair enough. Detroit Red Wings have traded Gustav Nyquist to the San Jose Sharks for a 2019 second-round pick and a conditional 2020 third-round pick. Nyquist recorded 16 goals, 33 assists for 49 points in 62 games with Detroit. You know, it's really funny because, like, Nyquist is one of those guys that if you were to look at his stats in Detroit, he's put up really good numbers but it's only in the last couple of seasons that his production has beginning to decline. 
Yeah, but that's also when Detroit's also kind of declined. I'm a little surprised they got less. They got less one they did for him though. Mm-hmm. Because the guy, well, the guy's just pushing thirty. And Ottawa managed to get a pretty sick return for Disingle, so I'm surprised that they didn't get as much for Nyquist, honestly. Because Nyquist's production is still very good. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you gotta you got to think about the fact that San Jose, they traded away those second-round picks for Mike Hoffman going to Florida. Yeah, well, what I mean is I'm surprised there wasn't another team who was willing to come in and pay more. True, but I mean, honestly, like, if it wasn't San Jose, what team do you think would have got him, and what kind of price would they have paid for him? Boston. Yeah, but the thing is, does Boston have the cap room to work, uh, to acquire Nyquist? True, or I'm actually surprised the Penguins didn't go knocking, but yeah. again... Well, and also, you got to think about the fact that Boston is also in Detroit's division, and so they were like, no, we're not trading him within the division. That's crazy talk. Yeah, but at the same time, I always, I'm always a bit I'm always a bit suspicious of that sort of reasoning. Because if you're already so far out of it, it doesn't goddamn matter. What do you care? True. It's not like when we traded Jason Smith to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. But uh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. We never traded him to Toronto. No, that was it. Was either Calgary to Edmonton or Edmonton to Calgary is what I'm thinking of. No, I think the big one is that time we sent all those guys to Toronto for Dion Phaneuf. That is true. That is true, Tim. Speaking of Ottawa, Tim, we got to talk about the trades that everybody wants us to talk about. Yep. We're going to start off with the one that I'm sure everybody wants to talk about. A franchise face, a point-per-game player, and a true legend in our hearts. And I am talking about Patrick Seeloff. Oh boy, he's gone. Ottawa Senators traded Patrick Seeloff to the Anaheim Ducks for Brian Gibbons. Seeloff recorded one goal, eight assists for nine points in 45 games for the AHL's Belleville Senators, while Gibbons recorded two goals, three assists for five points in 44 games for Anaheim. So it turns out that Pat Seeloff is... Probably one of Ottawa's worst AHL defensemen. So, this is addition by subtraction for Belleville. Mm-hmm. Especially with some of the guys coming in that we're going to be talking about. Then on top of that, Ottawa gets a warm body so they can send more guys down to the A for that Calder Cup push. For sure, because Belleville has, like we've said in the past, like Belleville's been killing it. But given that some of the trades that we've made in the last couple of days... We've seen players like Philip Shalopic, Logan Brown, Drake Batherson been called up. And so I can totally see where some of these trades that we've made to bring in some warm bodies that we can send them back to AHL. They can push for a Calder Cup run. They can win it, get called up, and flat out never see the playoffs again. Yeah. And it's they're really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where are they now, right now, in their conference? Do you know, Tim? In their conference, they're ninth. Okay, but so... But they're, they're tied with Providence for eighth and one point behind Utica and Hershey. 
Okay. So, um, so. Crick, just uh, answer me a quick question here, because I'm not too familiar how the AHL's conference uh, playoff format works. How many playoff or how many teams would have to make the playoffs out of each conference? I actually I couldn't tell you either. Uh, I can quickly look it up and get it back to you. Let's see, Calder Cup playoff brackets. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there's eight first-round games, so it'd be 16 teams. Mm. Okay, so it'd be eight makes it, eight misses then. Yeah. Okay, yeah, hopefully we can send some of the young kids back to Belleville and get us into the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Here's hoping. Well, Tim, it's we've delayed the inevitable. It's time to talk. About Matthew Shane. Ottawa Senators have traded Matthew Shane to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Vitaly Abarov, Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 first round pick, and a conditional first round pick in 2020. Duchesne recorded 27 goals, 31 assists for 58 points in 50 games for Ottawa, while Abarov recorded 12 goals, 10 assists for 22 points in 52 games for the AHL's Cleveland Monsters, while Davidson Recorded 10 goals, 11 assists for 21 points in 36 games for DeJerzen IF of the Swedish Hockey League. Now, before you come here, Tim, fucking mess, dude. I just want to give Matt Duchesne, I just want to say something for Matt. Personally, I just want to thank Matt for his service that he's given to this team because despite what a hot mess we have been off the ice and the terrible play on the ice, he's been a constant professional. He's never talked bad about the city. He's never talked bad about the team. And he's never talked bad about the fan base. And mm-hmm. that's why the fans he's, loved him. He's only spoken badly about a coach in an Uber. And I'm sure everyone's done that. That's true. Well, actually, that's not true. The one time I took an Uber, I wasn't talking shit about anybody in that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, honestly, Matt Duchesne's been nothing but great to the city of Ottawa, and I'm gonna miss get. I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, I'm really gonna miss him too. He was just a fantastic player, and the fact that we've got the chance to see him being paired with both Mike Hoffman and Drake Batherson, and the production that they were able to produce was fantastic. Hmm. Although. Definitely wish him the best in uh, Columbus. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's been killing it right now in Columbus because he scored a goal in his very first game. Well, I mean, he was playing the Senators. True. <laughs> I was trying to be like, eh, yeah, but... And I'm like, oh, I can't even think of anything. True. Yeah. We did get some interesting prospects on this and two first-round potential of two first-rounders uh, looked like Dorian actually got a pretty good return. He did. And you know what's funny is that we make no bones about it. We knew Matt Duchesne was going to be traded. It was just only a matter of what are we going to get in return. And we were. And it's funny because Columbus wasn't the team I was thinking of when I heard Matt Duchesne was going to be on the block because the overwhelming favorite had been Nashville with Minnesota being a pretty close second, but 
then all of a sudden I'm hearing Columbus and I'm thinking, Columbus, that's, that's an interesting team. I don't know what we would get from them. And then I saw the return and I was like, you know what? We got a 2019, we got our first round pick this year. We got that and we've got two really good prospects out of it. So I'm happy. Like it's, and we got rid of a dead weight contract in Julius Bergman. Yes, we did. Um, actually, before we go into the next trade, I just want to quickly talk about that 2019 first round pick because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that the condition on that pick is that it's top three protected. So if Columbus missed the playoffs and they go into the draft lottery, if they land between first pick and third pick, we don't get that draft pick. We get the first round the next year. Mm-hmm. However, it's funny because that could end up being uh it'd be funny if that ended up becoming the same situation as this the senders and there was some sort of duchene curse but the way columbus has been playing i doubt it they've actually put some breathing room between them well not quite yet if they win their next two three games there's probably going to be some breathing breathing room between them and pittsburgh Mm-hmm, because that division that they're in, that's hands down the toughest division in hockey right there. Because you've got well, Pittsburgh, you've got Washington, you've got Columbus, and you've got sort of everybody else after that. Honestly, I'd probably say the Atlantic is a bit rougher, just because you've got Tampa, Boston, Toronto. That's rough. It is rough, but no, I'm still going with... That division, the Atlantic division, is a very tough division. This year, yeah, this like, yeah the one year, the one year that they're the actually Islanders soft. are the best team. Well, you know, Tim, the Islanders are doing very well. They're doing very well, but I don't think the Metropolitan's the strongest division this year. You could probably even have a better argument for the Central, or even the Pacific is even deceptive, a lot stronger than you would expect this year. True. But, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, hey, Tim, no, do you want to quickly talk about the Ottawa Senators and Columbus Blue Jackets again? Yeah, yeah. The Ottawa Senators have also traded Ryan Dezingle and a 2019 seventh-round pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Anthony Duclair, a second-round pick in 2019, and a second-round pick in 2020. You know what's funny is that Dezingle, and I've said this in the past, Dezingle is one of those guys that I always thought we were going to re-sign him because he was the cheapest option. He's really, really good winger, top six guy, and there wasn't even any talk with him. And so when I knew that, I'm thinking, okay, I guess he's gone too, which sucks. And then I saw the return, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to give Pierre Dorian a lot of credit because that is quite the return that he got for Ryan Dezingle. Oh, yeah, it's definitely better. Like, that's why I was surprised, like, when you compare what he got for Dezingle to what uh, Detroit got for Nyquist. I'm like, holy shit. That's a really good return. Yeah, because Dezingle was kind of a wild card because I didn't really know what exactly we would get for him because not a lot of people really know about him. And I even said last summer, I said that he's going to be a wild card going into free agency for 2019 because not a lot of people know about him. Really, the only people who really know about him is Ottawa fans. 
And the last couple of years, we've really saw him step his game up four or five notches to where now he can honestly command five million bucks a season in free agency. Oh, totally. And uh, this is another really solid trade by Dorian because he got a lot of good value for for Dezingle. And he got one more player here. Do I? Because we... Well, we ended up getting Anthony Duclair. Yes. And that's a real wild card. Yes, we did. And you know what's funny is Duclair... And I didn't realize, I think this is his fourth team that he's playing with this year. Because I know that we had talked about him when he played for Chicago. And I remember we talked about it when he got traded from Arizona to Chicago. But I, I totally forgot that I guess he had gone from Chicago to Columbus. No, we talked about his trade last year. Did we? The Arizona Chicago trade was 2017. And then he got picked up by Columbus. Okay, yeah, because I do remember that we did talk about that trade. And I guess I totally forgot the fact that Duclair got picked up by Columbus. One thing I do want to mention is that I did get a chance to watch the game last night. Anthony Duclair looked really good in it. Well, he was just flying all over the ice. And he got the vote of confidence from Guy Boucher. And I think that's something that he probably hasn't gotten from a lot of coaches in the last while. Mm-hmm. Which honestly makes you wonder that if he's gotten the vote of confidence from Guy Boucher and there's, you know, and there's a very, very strong possibility Boucher doesn't return next season, maybe the, the new coach doesn't give him that vote of confidence that Boucher has already given him. Yeah, I hope he does because, like, I like what I see from Duclair so far. The guy seems to be quite good at He's quite good in the offensive end. He just, from the other teams, the defensive end just hasn't really been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd like I'd like to see Morrow declare, but he's also 23. He's still got time. Absolutely, and the fact that he's coming to a team like Ottawa where definitely next season you're going to see a lot of our young guns being brought up to the roster, like a Batherson, Shalapic. Colin White's already here, so you don't have to worry about him. Logan Brown, I don't know if he's ready to come to the NHL yet. Especially when I watched him last night, I was thinking, man, like he's really not ready to play at the NHL level yet. Hmm. Yeah, although hopefully he gets a good development coach in Ottawa. Yeah, hopefully, man. Well, Tim, now that we've wrapped all of the pre-trade deadline oh, episodes... One more thing, one more thing. What's up? Some One last fun thing to talk about to Zingle before we leave. Okay. Uh, Matt Duchesne, on Monday morning... Yes, the, the private family. jet. And the camera pans from his wife to their baby to their dog and then stops on to Zingle. Yeah. And Zingle's just like, I... The one thing that I do got to comment on is that while I do got to commend Matt Duchesne for buckling in his dog and his baby, why was Ryan Dezingle not buckled in? The irresponsibility of that man, I swear to God. Ryan Dezingle's a big boy. He can make his own decisions. And also, uh, Pan from Sen's Call-Ups, he, he actually pointed out on Twitter, why does somebody had the priority to bring a cowboy hat on board. And I says, well, maybe he wants to wear a cowboy hat, ironically, in Ohio. There's cowboys in Ohio, I think. Are you sure? Ohio is definitely more of a Civil War sort of state than country music, though. 
but there's a, you're only allowed to have one cowboy per state. That is true. That is true. And maybe Ryan Dezingle and or Matt Duchesne could be that cowboy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Matt Duchesne so we get that second pick. Oh, I know. That'd be so good. Well, Tim, like I said, now that we've talked about the pre-trade deadline trades, it's time to talk about the trade deadline trades from today. And we're going to start off with the New Jersey Devils have traded Keith Kincaid to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a 2022 fifth-round pick. Kincaid recorded a 15-18-6 record with a .891 save percentage with New Jersey. As lackluster as Kincaid has been this season, it is still better than what New Jersey, sorry, I mean, what Columbus had for backup. True. And well, who do they have see, as a backup? Do they have Korpakorski or Korp- whatever? Korp- and he's been uh, weak, to say the least. Yeah, because he's been a goalie that people were kind of high on him the last couple of years, but I guess because he's playing behind Sergei Bobrovsky, his development really hasn't developed enough to a level that they can actually count on him to be a starting goalie. Yeah, maybe that just was unrealistic of him in general. Yeah. Yeah, let me just pull up how he's... Yeah, Corpisalo. Yeah, he's at a point eight nine six this year. Nine wins, five losses. Okay. But he's lost his last three. Hmm. That's not good, and man. Like five goals, three goals, three goals. Oh, so he basically he would be perfect on the Ottawa Senators, is what you're saying. Or Philly. That is true. That is true. Now is Philadelphia now the record holder for the most goalies played in one season, Tim? Yes, they are. They've played seven now. I thought they played nine. Well, they played nine? I thought they played nine because Talbot was the most recent goalie that they played. Right. No, that's just so funny, though. That, is, that hands down, is the most Philly thing ever, though. The, the fact that they played between seven, seven to nine goalies in one season. Yeah, and it's somehow, it's somehow just deep-sixed their entire season. Nope, only seven, but it's still the record. Okay. Carter... Brian Elliott, Calvin Pickard. Nope, sorry, eight. Carter Hart, Brian Elliott, Calvin Pickard, Anthony Storlas, Michael Neuverth, Alex Leon, Mike McKenna, and... Cam Talbot. And Cam Talbot. We played eight goalies. Yeah, I never would have thought that that record by the Quebec Nordiques would ever be broken, Tim. But here we are. Well, we have... Somehow Philadelphia's crease is the biggest shit show going. So yeah, but I mean, they their crease has been the biggest shit show for a very, very long time since Ron Hextall left. Yeah, pretty much. Although they managed to make it work somehow. Somehow, man. Somehow, some way, they made it work. New York Rangers have traded Kevin Hayes to the Winnipeg Jets for Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first round pick, and a 2022 conditional fourth round pick. Hayes recorded 14 goals, 28 assists for 42 points in 51 games for the New York Rangers, while Lemieux recorded 9 goals, 2 assists for 11 points in 44 games for Winnipeg. From what I understand, Winnipeg's actually fairly high on Brendan Lemieux, so good job for by Gorton to 
managed to get get him out of there. Mm-hmm. But actually, I only have one comment to make about this trade. Mm-hmm. Is Kevin Hayes really worth a first-round pick, though, even if it is a lower pick? You know, hard to say. Because he doesn't seem to me like a player that would be worth a first. Maybe a second-round pick, but definitely not a first. Because yeah. I know that that was one of the things, because Winnipeg was very high on trying to get Mark Stone. And that first-round pick was rumored to come to Ottawa in a trade for him. And when I heard that Hayes got traded for that first pick, I was like, well, I guess Mark Stone's not going to Winnipeg. Sorry, Adam. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. But it's like, Kevin Hayes produces, and he's responsible enough of his own end. But it's weird, because it's like, this year, very good. Last year, not as good. Year before that, still less good. But it's... The guy can produce, we're talking about uh, one and a half primary points per hour of Mm. gameplay, so it's solid. Although his metrics aren't always the best. Right. Guy can produce, but I'm not sure if he's worth a top flight prospect, like a really good prospect in Brendan Lemieux, a first and a fourth. Yeah, that just seems really high to me. That could have been a very good return if say, you replace Kevin Hayes with Mark Stone, but definitely not Kevin Hayes. Yeah. But Although no, good on, New York, good on New York, though, for getting Lemieux and that first-round pick in their rebuild. But also, look at these goddamn conditions. 20, 22nd conditional fourth-round pick. The pick transfers to the Rangers only if Winnipeg wins the Stanley Cup. Really? Yeah. Oh, and condition on the first first round. Should the draft lottery render the NA... Oh, and uh, the first rounder is draft protected. Although, it is highly unlikely Winnipeg misses the playoffs. No, they've got a really strong team and that they're, they're near the top of the pack right now in that Western Conference, so I don't see them missing the playoffs at all. Although, it has happened. Remember the two thousand, the twenty fourteen twenty fifteen Toronto Maple Leafs. No, that was the thirteen uh, fourteen Leafs, wasn't 14. it? Oh yeah, where they drove off the cliff. Yeah, because uh, actually there was funny. There was a YouTube series I used to watch called Leaf Beefs, and they did this one video of that year where it's like October happy, November happy, December happy, January happy, February it was like yeah, March it was like. No! Fuck! Fuck, fuck, fuck! And he's just going nuts. In April, he's crying. Well, I still have this picture saved somewhere of Nonus driving the Rhymer Express off a cliff. Nice. And then there's like a, a smiling Brian Burke in the background. Ooh, it's a, it's you a gotta find that. You gotta find that pick and send it my way. That would be awesome to see. Yeah. What do we got next? Montreal Canadiens have traded Michael Chaput to the Arizona Coyotes for Jordan Wheel. Chaput recorded five assists in 32 games for Montreal, while Wheel recorded one goal, one assist for two points in 19 games for Arizona. Wheel is a, Wheel is a very, very solid defensive specialist. So this is actually a pretty good trade for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Chaput was one of those guys that Bergevin was very high on 
and it just never worked out for him in Montreal. Yeah, and he just never really played that much either. And the guy's 26. He's probably not going to see much NHL in the future. Nope. But uh, no picking, like, Wheel is, he's not going to score you many goals, but he's going to keep that crease clear. For sure, man. Florida Panthers. He's going to be able to get that puck out, and that's pretty valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that Montreal is still fighting for the playoffs right now. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're in a playoff position at the moment. So if you're saying that his job is to keep the net clear of pucks, then you know, it could be a good one for Montreal. Oh, it's definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Florida Panthers have traded Thomas Jerko to the Her- Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Jerko recorded four goals, six assists for 10 points in 14 games for the AHL's Springfield Thunderbirds. Jerko's always one of those guys who's supposed to be good, but has never really figured it out. Yeah, he was kind of like if you want to go back 10 years to uh, Fabian Brunstrom. Yeah, pretty much. And he's 25, 26. What's interesting is the guy can keep a net clear. And he can produce okay. He just can't seem to do it in big ice. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe. Carolina Hurricanes have traded Cliff Poo to the Florida Panthers for future considerations. Poo recorded one goal, five assists for six points in 44 games for the AHL's Charlotte Checkers. Wasn't Cliff Poo one of the guys they got in the Skinner trade? I don't know, Tim, to be perfectly honest with you. If you want to quickly check that out. Yikes. Yeah, because I don't know. He could have been. He could have been the one of the guys that... Buffalo traded to Carolina for him. But yeah, he was a big go- part of that return. Yeah, this just looks bad on Carolina. Yeah, but, you basically ship out Skinner for nothing. Yeah, and, then and look, then look how he's doing right now in Buffalo. The guy's going to have a 50-goal season right now. Yeah. Like, it's that's just a bad mark on the GM. True, but you know what? I'm sure Carolina didn't even see Jeff Skinner scoring close to 50 goals for Buffalo. Yeah, which they probably should have. Which, let me, let's be honest here. When was the last time Buffalo ever had a 50-goal score? Ryan O'Reilly? No, never scored 50 goals. Thought he would. No, Ryan O'Reilly didn't. I'm My guess, and this is a pretty good guess, One, it's going to be one of two players. It's going to be... Pat LaFontaine or Alexander McGillney. And that's going back a ways. Yeah, because if you recall, like in the mid to late 90s, that's when Buffalo transformed their team from like the LaFontaine-McGillney high-skill teams to the Dominic Hasek, you know, hardest-working team in the 90s, and they made that run to the finals. Where really, outside of Hasek, their two best players were... Michael Pekka and Miroslav Shatan. That's not a lot of skill. Nope. And that's the one thing that Buffalo always lacked in those years because they were, on paper, they didn't look like the best of teams, but they were actually a pretty good team. And the only thing they were missing is maybe a guy who could score 50 goals for them. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? 
The LA Kings have traded Oscar Fantenberg to the Calgary Flames for a conditional 2020 fourth-round pick. Fantenberg recorded two goals, one assist for three points in 48 games for Los Angeles. I actually don't see where Fantenberg fits in on Calgary. I don't know. Maybe they're seeing him as more of a depth defenseman than anything else. Yeah, like like as a, set, a number seven sort of guy. Sorry, yeah, as like the 13th forward. Yeah, if that. Yeah, because he's old, hasn't seen, like he's already 27. Not a lot of production, and I don't really see much what they're going for here. I don't know. Maybe they're, uh, like I said, maybe they're trying to use him as more of a depth piece than anything else is my guess. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Let's go on to the next trade. New York Rangers have traded Adam McQuaid to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Julius Bergman, a 2019 fourth-round pick, a 2019 seventh-round pick. McQuaid recorded two goals, three assists for five points in 36 games for the New York Rangers after being traded from Boston. Bergman recorded six assists in 33 games for the AHL's Belleville Senators. Not a big fan of McQuaid. You know what's funny is that I have a cousin of mine who's a Boston Bruins fan, and he fucking hates Adam McQuaid. He, God, just just the name Adam McQuaid makes his blood boil. That's how much he hates him in Boston. He's not mobile. He's not in the right place most of the time. Nope. Yeah. Not really sure what Columbus was going for on this one. I guess they just thought that He'd probably shore up. Well, let's see. What? What does Columbus even have on defense now that I think about it? I don't know. That's a great question. My guess would be Adam McQuaid would be, at best, maybe a sixth to seventh defenseman in Columbus. Because he is not a good defenseman whatsoever. Like you said, he's not mobile. He's not a, His positioning's not great. And my cousin hates him. So that's just three reasons that he's not very good. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like, well, they've got, like, Seth Jones, Scott Harris. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, like, he's definitely not head of Seth Jones, Ryan Murray, or Nudabar, or David Savard. No. So I don't really know where he fits in. No, they're probably uh, thinking, because once the playoffs start, that's when the physical play really picks up, and... That's sort of his game is that he's a very physical defenseman, so maybe that's what they're thinking, that if they can have a guy in the third pairing, the seventh defenseman, who can play that role, then they'd be really happy with that. Ah, uh, yes, the Chris Neal factor. Yeah, because he's a, I believe he's a UFA come July 1st, so it's not a, yeah. I don't know. It's not worst. It's not, but you know what, Columbus, in fairness... Did kind of give up some stuff for him. Like, draft picks-wise, what do they even have anymore for this year? That's a really good question. But uh, a fourth and a seventh and a shitty pro- a prospect who might not even come. If you're wondering about Columbus's drafting, yeah, they have their third and Calgary's seventh. Okay, so basically what we're trying to say here... Columbus fans, is that if you plan on going to Vancouver for the 2019 Angel Entry Draft, don't. You'll be waiting a lot. Yeah. yeah actually, oh, wait. Hey, Tim, while you're, oh, look- wait, I was gonna say, while you're looking that up, Tim, I actually wanted to point out that 
I try to look into tickets for the NHL draft. I don't even uh, know. I don't even know if they're available to the public. Yeah, because they're mostly filled up with prospects and family, right? True, but if I'm not mistaken, I think when it was in Buffalo a few years ago, majority of it were Toronto fans from were Leaf fans from Toronto. And one guy touching their driver's butt. Yep. Thanks yep. a lot, Randy. You blew it. Do you know what's amazing? What? Columbus might actually be in a worse position if all the conditions go on their picks go through next year. In 2020, they'd lose their first if Duchesne resigns. They don't have their second. We have it. The third's gone too. They have their fourth. Their fifth could be gone if uh, Ryan McKinnis appears in 20 regular seasons game with Columbus. So, bas- the- so basically this is like a New Orleans Saints of like 1999 where they traded their whole draft. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and God, that's funny. It's interesting because uh, they're in a pretty weird UFA place too. So if they re-sign Matt Duchesne but don't get Panarin, Dezingle, Bobrovsky? But, sorry, Panarin, Dezingle, or any of their goalies re-signed, yeah. shit could be weird. Yeah, this is definitely their all-in year right now, and if they don't win the Stanley Cup, they're going to be fucked. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it's hard, though, because like they'll probably play Washington in the first round. Yeah. or the Well, no, I was going to say, or they'll play Pittsburgh, but no, they're fighting Pittsburgh for the playoffs. But like, yeah, they'll probably play Washington. Yeah, this Columbus team is good, though. They are, and you know what? One thing that neither of us mentioned when we talked about Dezingle and Duchesne going to Columbus is that we're we're actually okay with them going to Columbus. We're, you know, we're okay with Columbus. Yeah, they got Nick. Like, I like Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno. Is this team just like a former Senators hangout right now? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if they had kept Vermette and they re-signed Mathot, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because we got Dezingle, Foligno, Duchesne. Oh, God. Honestly, a little surprised there isn't more. Maybe they could. <laughs> Maybe they'll go out and re-sign Chris Kelly and Colin Greening. Oh, you know why they probably picked up McQuaid? Why? Ryan Murray's on injured reserve. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, what else we got? Well, this next trade, I am actually really shocked that they traded away this guy, given that we traded this guy to that team. Uh-huh. The Vancouver Canucks have traded Jonathan Dolan to the San Jose Sharks for Linus Carlson. Dolan recorded 14 goals, 15 assists for 29 points in 50 games for the AHL's Utica Comets, while Carlson recorded 4 goals, 13 assists for 17 points in 48 games. For the Karlsakora HK in Sweden. You know, this makes me feel a little better about the Burroughs trade. A little bit. Not much, but a little bit. I don't watch the HL enough to know if this is just Vancouver mismanaging the pick or the prospect or if he's actually just not good. I don't know. But the only thing that we know for sure, Tim... San Jose now has three Carlsons. Linus, Carlson. Linus, Melker, and Eric. Damn. 
Boy, that's going to be a real shit show if Linus ever makes it to the NHL and those three guys play together. Well, at least it's not as bad as uh, Carolina that has two Sebastian Ajos. Really? Yeah, it screws with all the analytics because uh, they don't even have different names. I one of the one of them. Oh, one of the Ajos is reti- is now inactive. Oh. Yeah, the younger Sebastian Ajo. Oh, he was with New York. My bad. Okay, I was gonna say this is kind of like a George Foreman sort of deal where he named all of a sudden George. Yeah. yeah. But it's like they have this. They have the almost identical same name. So you actually have to either go, go for uh, birthdays or as Evolving Wild did. Replace the S with a five. Yeah, you can always do that, I guess. Let's go on to our yeah. next trade, Tim. The New Jersey Devils have traded Marcus Johansson to the Boston Bruins for a 2019 second-round pick, a 2020 fourth-round pick. Johansson recorded 12 goals, 15 assists for 27 points in 48 games for New Jersey. And you know what's funny? Johansson was one of those guys that when he got traded to Jersey, I thought for sure he would have really stepped his game up and been a really nice complimentary piece to Taylor Hall. But from what I'm seeing there, it didn't really look like his game never really translated to Jersey style. Well, I'm not sure it's his game didn't translate. He just didn't play many games. He played 29 games into it last year and 48 games this year. He's just been injured a lot, but he's very good in his own end. And he produces like a second-line winger in second-line minutes. That's pretty solid. And for Boston, who was looking to shore up their second line, can't really do much worse than that, honestly. No. No, especially because... No, 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 I give you that, Tim. I mean, if they're only going to be shoring up their second line, then giving up a second for him is not bad. And, yeah, I got nothing really negative to say. I wish that things had gotten better for him in Jersey, but, you know, there's nothing that we could really do about that. No, but, like, Boston, honestly, Boston's top six is pretty fantastic right now with Marshawn Bergeron, with Marshawn Bergeron and eventually Pasternak filling back in, then Johansson, Krejci, and DeBrusque. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Like, you could probably argue that the Bergeron line is the best line in hockey. Well, at one time, that was the best line in hockey, that Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchant line. Because that line was just killing teams left and right. I'd even argue this year they're one of the best, if not the best, but they've got a lot of competition. That is true, Tim. Honestly, I I think a lot of people are kind of writing, aren't giving the Bruins the credit they deserve. Like, they may not be as deep as they could be, but even on the wings you've got, they still have David Backus, Charlie Coyle slots in nice, and then in defense, Chara's still good. Charlie McAvoy has really stepped it up this year, and then Krug and Carlo make a very good second pair. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bruins, the Bruins are there to play. Yeah, but and, now, going into the offseason, though, it's going to be which one of the defensemen are they going to keep between Krug and McAvoy? Because they were rumored one of them was going to be traded out of town. That's actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I guess the other question is, does Dan Ochara finally lace them up at age 42? Probably. I mean, I don't see why not, right? He's had a fantastic career. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's won Norris trophies. And we also can't forget, he once threw Brian McCabe around like a ragdoll. Yeah, that, that man's terrifying. I know. And Chris Neal took him down. The guy who's like, what, eight inches shorter than he is? Took him down in a fight. Yeah, but Chris Neal's also fucking insane. I don't think Chris Neal's insane. Brian McGratton was definitely insane, but I don't know Did about you... Chris Neal. I'm sorry. Were you not watching the 2016-2017 second-round playoff series where Chris Neal got two minutes of ice time in the entire series and did one batshit insane thing? Yes, but... It fucking worked. It worked. He had to do that to try and get on the ice. McGratton was just fucking crazy. He would just throw it at everybody. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Actually, McGratton did do a really good interview with Spit and Chicklets, but, you know, that's that's a story for another time, Tim, and I think it's time to go on to the next trade that we got to talk about. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild have traded Matt Hendricks to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2020 seventh-round pick. Hendricks recorded two assists in 22 games for Minnesota. Hendricks is a player that Winnipeg wanted to get back, and I guess it came cheaply for them. Yeah. Yeah, there's really not much to say about that, Tim. Um, I do agree. Winnipeg, he was one of the guys that the Jets wanted to get back, and they only gave up a seventh for him. So you can't really complain much about it. Low risk. I'm honestly surprised he's still playing pretty decent defense at age 37. Yeah. He's not scoring much, and he probably slots in at defenseman number seven. True. But Maybe this is his final year, though, because... You know, 37-year-old, maybe he's thinking, oh, you know, this is the end of the road, and he was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go back to Winnipeg. He seemed to have some decent success there. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Let's go on to our next trade, because we got to talk about a former Ottawa senator. Florida Panthers have traded Derek Broussard in a conditional 2020 sixth-round pick to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2020 third-round pick. Broussard recorded one goal, three assists, or four points in ten games for Florida after being traded from Pittsburgh. It's really amazing how far Derek Broussard has really fallen since he's left Ottawa. Yeah, it's kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, that's not to say that, and I know that we've talked about this in the past, that's not to say Broussard was, you know, a world beater in Ottawa. He was a decent player, but he was never somebody that really lit up the score sheet night after night. Mm-hmm. And although I think we got Broussard's best years and then flipped him for a first-round pick and a very, very good goaltending prospect. So we got out at the right time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't really have anything else to say. That's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. This is such a weird trade, too, because, like, that sixth-round pick doesn't go if Broussard resigns in Colorado. No, so it will just be Broussard to Colorado for a third-round pick. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to our next trade. We've got to talk about another Ottawa senator who really seemed to fall off the map once he left. 
But honestly, you could probably blame it on some stuff he said in an Uber. Florida Panthers have traded Chris Weidman to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Jean Shebastian Thea. Weidman recorded three goals, 10 assists for 13 points in 16 games for the AHL Springfield Thunderbirds, while Dia recorded six goals, 16 assists for 22 points in 26 games for the AHL's Wilkes-Barre slash Scranton Penguins. You know, Weidman was pretty rough even this season. I, honestly, he's. I think that injury that uh, Balkan did to him last year is a career ender. Mm-hmm, because he never was the same player. And it's funny because coming into this season, Weidman was somebody that I was actually kind of high on because we've seen him, how he played in the past, and he was a solid sixth defenseman. And I was like, okay, you know what? He fitted perfectly in that role. He seemed to do well. He didn't seem to do too badly in the first month of the season. You could tell, okay, maybe... You know, he's maybe not all there or whatever. And then, of course, Ubergate came out, and that was the end of Chris Weidman in Ottawa. Yeah, and we got, I can't remember. Did we get something for him or? For Weidman? Yeah. I can't remember if we got anything for him, to be perfectly honest. We might have gotten a low draft pick or something, but I can't remember off the top of my head, Tim, if we got anything yeah. for him. Actually, I'm just going to quickly look at it. Uh, okay. We got a conditional sixth. Okay. Condition. We The Senators receive a 2026 sixth rounder instead of... Oh, no, this is a weird... What happened is Edmonton traded a conditional pick from a previous trade. Right. Where had that condition been met, that six would have upgraded to a fifth. But the condition was not met. Ottawa gets St. Louis's sixth. Okay. Yeah, so this would be, what, his fourth team that he's played for this season? Because he played, let's see, Ottawa, Edmonton, Edmonton. Pittsburgh, and now and then he played for Florida. Yeah, now, and now Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, that's nutty. Man, and I think... You know, he went from a guy who was a solid defenseman for us to being traded to his third to fourth team of the season. Yeah. It's a shame. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins have traded Tanner Pearson to the Vancouver Canucks for Eric Goodbradson. Pearson recorded nine goals, five assists for 14 points in 44 games for Pittsburgh, while Goodbradson recorded two goals, six assists for eight points in 57 games. For Vancouver, this is this is an amazingly good trade for Vancouver. Not only do they save money, they ditch one of the worst defensemen in the league. Yeah, I like the, I like somebody on Twitter. They pointed out that Jim Rutherford now has Jack Johnson and Erica Bradson, Cambranson on the same team. Yeah, it's like woof. This is, this is why. I really think that that Metro division isn't that hard. Because you've got the Penguins just kind of imploding. Like, the Penguins haven't made a good trade yet. No. And they don't. Spoiler alert, they don't. No, this is actually a very... I do agree, this is a really good trade for, for Vancouver to acquire Tanner Pearson, who... Can be slotted in the top six, but I see him more as a third line 
person, third line player. Yeah, he's moving into plug territory, but just with how he's been playing. But this is a subtly good trade because you save a bit of money and get out of an awful, awful player. Yep. So yeah. Like, good on you, Jim Benning. Yeah, Benning's been really good. Like, I didn't think I'd say that, but I'm pretty happy with that. There's two more years of Tanner Pearson versus two more years of Cabranson, so it's not the biggest get-out, but, yeah, it's better late than never to get away from a bad defenseman. For For sure. Florida Panthers have traded Bogdan Kisilevich to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2021 seventh round pick. Kisilevich recorded eight assists in 32 games for Florida. I have never heard of this player at all. Have you ever heard of this player, Tim? No. I didn't even know how to spell his name the first time I looked at it. Like, Jesus. To be perfectly honest, that was the first time ever for myself trying to pronounce his name. And I don't know if I even said it. Kisilevich? I'm, I'm going to go on record and probably say it's not right. You know, I've then again, I've been wrong on so many other things on this show. But you know what? I think we should just go on to the next trade because, honestly, we've got some stuff to talk about in this one. Minnesota yeah. Wild have traded Michael Gradlin to the National Predators for Kevin Fila. Gradlin recorded 15 goals, 34 assists for 49 points in 63 games for Minnesota, while Fila recorded 10 goals, 22 assists for 32 points in 64 games for Nashville. This is an interesting trade because this is Minnesota admitting that they're retooling. They're trading a very good player now for a player who's going to be pretty dang good in the future. Mm -hmm. They're similar players. They're both very good. Like, both of them produce at top-line levels. Both of them are really good around the crease. And, yeah, like, this is a very now trade for Nashville. Mm-hmm. Much like Columbus, Nashville is in a they're in an all-in mode right now because Nashville is desperate to get back to the finals after they lost to Pittsburgh in 2017. And I think 2019, they could make a really good run at the playoffs if Pekka Rene can A, stay healthy, and B, be very productive for Nashville. Well, here's the thing. I think that this Nashville team is better than the one that they took to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely because they of the acquisition they made to get Granlin and the player that we're going to talk about here in a few trades. But yeah, I totally agree, man. Like Nashville had a really good team in 2017, and I would even go on record, and I do agree, I think the 2019 team is even better than they were two years ago. Oh, Kyle Turris is hugely fallen off. Yeah, it's a shame because Turris was somebody that I was probably the minority who said he would absolutely develop into a number one center for Ottawa. But for whatever reason, I didn't have that emotional attachment to him like some people did. So when he got traded to Nashville, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it but sucks, a, but, you know, whatevs. Thing, which, this moves Peltras down to a third line and really shores up, uh, and this pushes Benino down a bit further, which probably shores up 
Nashville's weak third line, sorry, weak third and fourth lines, while putting a fantastic center on that second line. Yeah. But no, I'm like this Nashville team is good. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever see the day that Michael Granlin would leap for Kyle Turris in the depth chart. Because I will go on record as saying I do think Granlin has more offensive upside than Turris. Turris to me seems like a more a more rounded player than maybe Granlin does. But the fact that Turris has really fallen off in Nashville has been really disheartening to see as a Senators fan. Yeah. It's weird because, like, it's not even that he's been really... Like, he's still producing at a pretty decent clip. Yeah. It's just not what we were expecting. No, but then again, Matt Shane wasn't what we thought he would be when he first arrived, right? We thought, oh, yeah, Matt Shane's going to have instant success when he came to Ottawa. And he started off really slowly the first couple of months. And I think that was highlighted when you saw how Turris was doing in Nashville. But once Turris really started to slow down and really his game started to decline, that's when you saw Duchesne really leapfrog him and really become the elite center that we thought we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I still think that had Ottawa not completely misjudged where their team was, Ottawa paid a fair price for, for Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Yeah, because we came off that 2017 playoff run thinking, okay, this is where our team is now. And we knew that coming into the next season, we weren't going to be as good as 2017 because we had lost MacArthur, we had lost Stahlberg, we had lost Mathot. So we're like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to be as good. And we didn't shore up our defense. And there's a few other things that went into it. So definitely adding Matthew Shane was more of the okay, let's go out and let's see how far we can really push it with this group. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's tactically sound, but strategically stupid. Yeah, but the fact is that we got a really decent return for Matt Shane in the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe eases the pain a little bit. I feel that he's gone. Yeah, but at the same time, not having our own first stings. No. Although I will go on record by saying I really hope we pull a Vancouver Canucks of last season, finish dead last, and completely lose the draft. Yeah, I hope so too. Yep. Let's go on to our next trade. The Columbus Blue Jackets have traded Alexander Broadhurst to the Winnipeg Jets for future considerations. Broadhurst recorded 8 goals, 21 assists for 29 games in 48 games for Columbus. Gotta make that space, baby. Yep. Toronto Maple Leafs have traded Par Lindholm to the Winnipeg Jets for Nick Payton. Lindholm recorded one goal, 11 assists for 12 points in 61 games for Toronto, while Payton recorded two assists for 13 games for Winnipeg. Honestly, I have never even heard of Paul Lindholm, Tim. He's a guy who's... Par Lindholm is one of those guys who's kind of been around he's around Toronto gets slotted in every so often pretty average can't really do much Toronto fans won't miss him but I think Nick Patan he's exactly what you want from a 13th forward so good trade by Dubas but I think Toronto is actually a team that I don't think they they did their shopping earlier in the in the month when they got 
when they got Jake Muzzin. Yeah. They prob- I still think their defense needs to be shored up a little. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know that even people I work with who are Toronto fans, they're so unwilling to believe me when I'm like, dude, I look at that roster offensively, they are an- there's some that's some next level shit right there. But defensively, I just look at it and be like, really? You're not going to win a defense that way. No. I think the interesting thing is, like, Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin are... You have three very good defensemen. Yeah. But then you round it out with Ron Hazy, Nikita Zaitsev, and Travis Dermott. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're not going to win Stanley Cups with... Well, I mean, you could argue Ron Hainsey. He did win, a Pittsburgh, win in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... You're right. The, their defense needs to be shore up. I still think they need a really solid backup to help Freddie Anderson out. And well, the funny thing is, is they did have that. They had McElhaney, and I think Sparks is good enough. Yeah, but the thing is, if you were to ask a lot of Toronto fans, they don't feel the same way about Garrett Sparks. And that's why a lot of them, if you ever look at Leafs Twitter, a lot of fans are still calling for either Garrett's to be traded out of town or to bring in a much better backup. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're also missing Ka- Nazem Kadri. True. Which, I think the Leafs are good, but I'm not sure they're good enough. No, I don't think they're especially, good enough, though. Especially if they're, if they're being eyed up by Boston. Yeah. You know what, though? I would absolutely love it if those guys go for a third round or a round three battle in round one, and Boston beats them again. Oh, that would make me so happy. Yeah, no kidding. Let's go on to our next trade. The Anaheim Ducks have traded Michael Delzato to the St. Louis Blues for a 2019 six-round pick. Delzato recorded three assists for 12 games for Anaheim after being traded from Vancouver. I still love how it's Vancouver traded Delzato just as a salary dump, and now Anaheim's got a pick out of it. Yeah. That's pretty shrewd, honestly. Yeah, it's not too bad, man. Not too bad. God, Del Soto sucks, though. Oh, he really does. I don't know what the hell happened to that guy, because if you remember him in a rookie year, he looked like he was going to be the next really, really good defenseman for the Rangers, and his game completely fell off. Not enough hockey, too many porn stars. Yep, not even, like, good-looking ones either, but, you know, that's not here there anywhere, Tim. Yep. The Philadelphia Flyers have traded Wayne Simmons to the Nashville Predators for Ryan Hartman and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2020. Simmons recorded 16 goals, 11 assists for 27 points in 62 games for Philadelphia, while Hartman recorded 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points in 64 games for Nashville. I like both. I like the trade for both sides. Nashville, you get a really solid veteran in Wayne Simmons, and for Philadelphia, you get a really, really decent young guy in Ryan Hartman, who has speed to burn for days. I'm gonna disagree with you there. Really, Simmons falling off a cliff this year. I honestly don't. I think Ryan Hartman is better than Simmons now. His underlying metrics suck. He can't. Pro- Simmons hasn't been producing, and it's not for lack of talent around him because he's 
Wayne Simmons has been playing with some very good players in Philadelphia. Like the the reborn Claude Giroux, Shane Gobespierre, Radko, like Ivan Provorov, like Michael Rathle, James Van Riemsdyk. Like this Philly team has a lot of offensive talent, and he still can't. He still wasn't able to produce. Honestly, I still I still think that Simmons can turn it around in Nashville, and I do. I like I would agree with you. Like his game has fallen off, but you know what? I think if you look at the big picture for Simmons, I think he could turn his game around in Nashville. Because now he's going from a team in Philadelphia that has some decent pieces, like you're saying about Giroux and Godgesphere and Gouda. Now he's going to a team where he's got, you know, he's got, uh, I don't know, he's got Arvidsson. He's got some really high-end talent on the National Predators that can really help him out. I don't know. But at the same time, it's on the forward side. Like, I guess now that they've got, if he plays a Grandlin, maybe, but it's, it's not like Philadelphia was a slouch on the forward side. Like, Sean Couturier, Jacob Voracek, Nolan Patrick, Travis Konecki, Claude Giroux, and then Ivan Provorov, Shane Gobespierre, Travis Sanheim. It, like, it's very good defense. And even Radko Gudas, like, these players produce well. The only problem with Philly is their goalies are ass. So it's like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sold. I'm still maintaining I think he can turn his game around for the Predators. But you know what? If he doesn't, I will be, you know, I'll have no choice but to eat a big piece of that humble pie, Tim. Yeah, same here. Yep. And now we come to the final trade, and it's official, Tim. The big three is finally gone. Yep. We knew it was coming, too. That's what makes it all the worse. Yep. The Ottawa Senators have traded Mark Stone and Tobias Lindbergh to the Vegas Golden Knights for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, a 2020 second-round pick. Stone recorded 28 goals, 34 assists for 62 points in 59 games for Ottawa. Tobias recorded 3 goals, 3 assists for 6 points in 29 games for the AHL's Belleville Senators, while Bradstrom recorded 7 goals, 21 assists for 28 points in 48-41 games with the AHL's Chicago Wolves, while Oscar recorded 4 goals, 8 assists for 12 points in 35 games for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Tim, once again, I just want to quickly say something here about Mark Stone and you know we all have to give Mark Stone our most gratitude because like Matt Duchesne he was a class act he was always one he was always participating in stuff in the community and I would also like to point out that at the beginning of the season what we talked about we were we are going to be making a donation to the Sense Foundation, and we said that we would donate one dollar for every goal that Mark Stone and Hot Sam Baccio himself, Thomas Shabbat, scored, and one one dollar for every assist. We will honor that. We will honor Mark Stone, every goal and every assist that he has scored for Ottawa. We will donate one dollar for every goal and every assist he has. And and actually, maybe we should have talked about this off air, but. I feel that we should also honor it with the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Well, I guess the question is, is do we still donate to the 
the Sense Foundation or do we uh, pick a Vegas charity? Well, I think that I think we should still honor our commitment to the Sense Foundation, but also I think maybe if you want, we we should look into a charity that's involved with the Vegas Golden Knights, and we should also donate one dollar for every goal and every assist that he scores for Vegas this season. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and you know what? I just want to quickly talk about the reaction on Sen's Twitter because, wow, you want to talk about a fan base that is so pissed about this trade. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe that Mark Stone's gone and he should be the captain and all the things. Well, guess what? He's not fucking here. We all knew he wasn't going to stay. We knew that. We knew Melnick's not going to pay him. We knew. And you know what? We knew he wasn't going to stay. We knew Carlson wasn't going to stay. Why is anybody still surprised about these guys leaving? We know Melnick can't fucking afford this. Because it's an emotional thing. It is. But you know what? And everybody says, oh, well, I'm just going to give up on the sense because of Mark Stone. Fucking good. These are the same people who said the same thing about Carlson. I guess what? And I'm still pissed about it. But you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. We knew he was not going to stay. And you know... I'm getting very, very angry about this, Tim. Like, Jesus. Well, I think what it is is... I'm rightly annoyed that he left. But I feel like a lot of the anger got directed at Dorian. Because all Dorian did was get the best damn return he could. Because everybody fucking knew that Stone was gone. Dorian's not going to get a fair trade in, in that situation. And the fact that he was able to peel out, frankly, one of the best prospects out there, he's freaking incredible. Yeah, and the fact that Mark Stone, as soon as he got to Vegas, he signed an eight-year extension with them. With, At a discount. With a discount. But the thing is, and somebody actually did the math, if he had stayed for Ottawa... That contract, he would have gotten paid $13 million with the Senators. Right, because of Vegas taxes, but Jesus Christ. But it's interesting because as much as we said that, like, with Matt Duchesne leaving, the guy, he was a crazy diplomat. All he said was just, like, Ottawa treated me well, they offered me a fair contract, but I wanted to see what the playoffs looked like. Yeah. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah, Mark and you, Stone. But here's the thing, though. And, and qu- I just want to quickly management jump in. of both. Like he basically said, "I I know the management in Vegas is good, and I'm excited to be part of it." Holy shit! Yeah, but you like, know what? Those comments are just echoing us. we've everything we've ever said about this ownership. We know that he Melnick can't afford this, and we know that because we've how many players over the last two years have we seen leave this franchise? Way too many. Yeah, we saw Stone leave, Duchesne leave, Dezingo leave, we saw Turris leave, we saw Eric fucking Carlson leave. And I look at this and you know what? I just said, I'm not even surprised anymore. Like, I get that it would have been nice for Mark Stone to stay. I would have absolutely loved him to see him stay. I would have loved him to see become the captain. But at the end of the day... We knew he's not going to stay. We knew all three of those guys were not going to stay. Why is anybody that surprised that all three are gone? We fucking knew about this. I don't know, but what I think is kind of interesting is that you're seeing a lot more of the media really start to hone in on Melnick. And honestly, that's a good thing. 
Yeah, because I know that Eugene Melnick was seen at Parliament Hill there. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. And somebody saw him and recorded a video and asked him about Mark Stone. He says, is Mark Stone going to be traded? And he says, you know what? You should ask the GM about that. Yeah, no. You know exactly what's going on. But what's interesting, you've got guys like Wade Scanline. Even Ian Mendez is trying to throw more barbs. Mm -hmm, Because I know that Ian Mendez did talk to Pierre Dorian today on TSN 1200. I didn't get a chance to listen to it at all. But apparently, he was not backing down. He was asking Dorian all the tough questions. But you know what? And I think something, something that a lot of people don't really think about, and as much as we throw so much shit at him... For the moves he's made, how do you like? How do you think Dorian feels in this situation? Because now he's put in a situation by Melnick, by saying, "I'm not going to pay these guys," because a Melnick can't afford it, so that's putting Dorian in a tough position now. Because it's like, okay, well, if Melnick is not going to pay for these guys, I have no choice but to trade them. Yeah, and then. It's like this guy gets a job that like, I think any hockey fan would absolutely love to have, and it's turned into this nightmare because you're, work, you're working for a guy who's not willing to put money out. So you have to speak this shitty doublespeak. You have to make these crappy trades. Like, like I feel for Dorian, honestly. Yeah, and, it's and, like, and, and I know that all of Sense Twitter wants to crucify him for the moves he's made, but you know what? Do you think he wanted to move Carlson? Do you think he wanted to move Stone? Do you think he wanted to move Duchesne? Do you think he wanted to move any of these guys? No, it's because Melnick has put him in that situation. He has no choice but to move them. And goddamn, the value he got for all three of them has been fantastic. Like, I feel like my opinion of Dorian has gone up a lot this week. He could have done a lot worse. The only thing that I wanted him to do that he didn't was trade Cody Cece. Yeah, but That's it. yeah, but the thing is, is that you know it was easy enough to have a lot of interest for Stone, Dezingle, and Duchesne. CC not so much because the fans see how CC plays. If you were any GM, you could have gone onto our Twitter. You not our personal, you know, Twitter accounts. We you know we have the podcast to bitch about Cody CC. But if you go on Sen's Twitter and you see all the comments being made about Cody CC. And you're thinking, okay, well, if Sens fans don't think he's that great, why should we take him on? Well, even, you don't even need that. You can just go to, you can go to the war models and be like, okay, this guy's dead fucking last. Yeah. Even if I don't believe in these models, I'm going to at least look at them, look at this guy play, and then you'll see him lose, uh, lose to a, lose a puck battle to a guy without a stick. Yeah, so I totally agree. Like, I don't blame Dorian for any of these deals. And when I was looking at the deals, that was the one mindset I had going into these last couple of days. I said, okay, when these trades happen, I want to see what we get back. If we got a shitty return back, then he's fair game to be criticized and crucified. But the fact is you look at the return he's gotten for all three of these guys, Dorian has done a really good job. And you know the fa- sad thing is is that while Sense Twitter would be like, okay, you know, Duchesne, we knew he wasn't going to stay. So we got a decent return for that. Dezingle, we got a really good return for that. But it seemed like for Mark Stone, people were pissed off. 
left and right about the return. And I think one of like Trevor Shackles was the only person who said, you know what, this Brandstrom kid is really good, and he's going to be very solid well, no, James on our Duff, decor. James Duffy called it a home run. Yeah, and people were like, well, I don't know about if we can call it a home run because we didn't get a first-round pick, but you said it perfectly. A Vegas Gold Knight first pick is a glorified second. And the fact that yeah. the second that we got was Dallas, even if it is for next year. Yeah, no, like, and another thing is we also dumped a contract. We got rid of Oscar Lindbergh. Sorry, we got rid of Tobias Lindbergh. Whom? One of our worst defensemen in the AHL. Yeah, whom, by the way, I didn't realize that, excuse me, I actually couldn't remember if it was him or Oscar that we had traded for Dion. But apparently it was Tobias that we had gotten for Dion Phaneuf. Yeah, we just got him back this season again in a trade with the Leafs. Or I think it was with the Leafs earlier. But yeah, it was full circle. But this return is good. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for the return. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. Pierre, I think you've done a great job. I know a lot of sense Twitter would never say that. But you know what? Given the situation and given the circumstances you are under... My, I tip my hat to you. Like You have done a really good job in getting draft picks, prospects, and NHL players back for those three guys. And you know, Oscar Lindbergh isn't even that bad of a player either. Like As much as I make fun of him for being a warm body, mm-hmm. the guy keeps his neck clean. Like He is a solid third-line player. Yeah, and that's all we can ask of him, right, Tim? Yeah, like, to be perfectly frank, watching the Ottawa Senators for the rest of the season, I get why the fans are, I get why we're all, like, we're all mad for a reason. Yeah. This is going to be hard to watch, and there just really isn't a lot of hope going forward. No, absolutely not. But you know what? For myself, coming into tonight's episode, I had to come in with a mindset of, you know what? Okay, you know what? Put all of what Sense Twitter set aside... And just come in with a neutral mindset. Come in and give your opinion on what you think we got back. Because you know what? It could have been easy for me to agree with Sense Twitter and be like, this is fucking bullshit and why did we do this and rah, rah, rah. But you know what? And I've already explained my reasoning why I'm not like that. Because again, I can't blame Pierre Dorian on that. I can't blame him for the situation Melnick has put him in. And you know what? I don't blame Brian Murray because Melnick put him in the same situation when he was alive. Yeah. I don't know. It's The rest of the season's going to be rough, man. <sighs> okay, I, I feel better now. I had to I vent and rant a little bit, so I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. How do you feel, Tim? Uh, just looking forward. It's, it is what it is. The next... I don't even want to talk about last week's games because they're just, we're already going on two hours here. and Yep, we're not even going to do it. And in fairness, that was our final trade. So I guess the only thing we can do, Tim, is ride off into the sunset for another episode. Maybe to make next week actually fun to listen and not just sad posting. Do you want to come with a podcast game for next week? Uh, let's see what we got here. Well, at the moment, we've got four... 
At the moment, we've got uh, four games. So depending on what sort of stuff we can talk about, we could definitely throw a game in there for sure. Yeah, because top of the hour is going to be pretty short now that the te- trade deadline is passed. The four games are going to be... They sucked. Well, actually, that's not true. Last night's game wasn't that bad. It was actually better than it actually needed to be. Honestly, true. Yeah. Well, Tim, right. I guess the only thing we can do is run off into the sunset for another night, eh, bud? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yep. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to this trade deadline edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I loved recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. And because our bot Dave made the mention, we're on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m901honeybadger, and I'm at greatwhitegipster, G-R-8-W-I-T-E, gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about the three UFA trades that the Ottawa Senators have made, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Okay, Tim, so for next week's episode, we've got four games to talk about. We've got last night's game versus the Calgary Flames, tomorrow night versus the Washington Capitals, Thursday versus the Edmonton Oilers, and Saturday versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's going to be interesting. For sure. Until next week, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. This has been Tim Jensen. Go Sens, guys. Woo! So long, my time here is up. They're going home!